So welcome, everybody, to this episode of Rise Up, episode number 301, and I titled this Break My Legs. Now, Annette said she got her Rapture Ready shirts, long and short sleeve, and a bonus Freedom t-shirt. That's right. Everything that you buy on the LFA TV store, the Jeremy Harrell store, will always come with a free gift. Because we have a lot of overstock items that we need to get rid of, number one. But number two, we want you to feel like you're getting more than what you pay for. How you doing, Rick Coates? Good to see you this morning. Water Cop is in the building. Good to see you. Jeremy, Julie trusted, uh, talked about trusting God this morning. Was a great show. Well, I hope to follow that up with a little bit of trusting God of my own. But that's great to know that we're on the same page again. Fanson said, my favorite verse. I'm not perfect, says Michelle. Make sure you guys check your um, newsletters because I sent out a newsletter with the verse of the day today. And um, Front Revs, thanks for the extras. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Hey, that's what God does, right? God gives us more than what we ask for. God gives us more than what we deserve. And that's just us trying to be God-like. So we hope you guys like your, uh, your wonderful gifts. Love the thoughtful extras, says Don. Of course. God bless you. All glory to God. Making breakfast with Rise Up. Good morning, all. Well, hopefully you have your Rise Up coffee. Let's have a nice little slip of that today. Jana Hunter, thank you for being here as well. Wild Dog, use where needed, Eli. $100 donation. Blessing the coffers. Blessing the LFA uh, coffers. With that, thank you very much, Wild Dog 1952. God bless you and your family. LLB58, it was a great newsletter. It sure was. And we're going to dive deep into that uh, here this morning. What I want to do is I want to, um, and a big shout out to Julie and Chris Green, by the way. Uh, what I want to do here is I want to read the description of today's video. And uh, because you might say, what are you talking about? Break my legs. Like, what a... Uh, what a title to have for a Christian show, Eli. Break my legs. <laughs> what a title. Well, it's meant to grab your attention. Um, I received an extra shirt too and thought you sent it by mistake. No mistakes, just love. Need decaf, dark rise up. We're working on that and we're working on K-Cups. It's a very expensive venture for us. We have to put up all the money and then hopefully sell the coffee and get the money back, which we make a small margin on anyway. So we're doing, we're doing, uh, we're working overtime here. And a big shout out to Cherokee Rose Coffee uh, for doing all the work for us on that. Great people. Guys, check out Cherokee Rose Coffee as well. Uh, $20, KSSV Troops. Thank you for praying last week. Had grandchildren all week and COVID. The enemy, hashtag jerk. We'll pray for you anytime you ask. Anytime you ask, big shout out to producer Eli for all the images that you see, all the great uh, optic, uh, um, wonderful things that Eli does here that, that you guys see, the, 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 the lower thirds, the settings, the backgrounds, all of it. We appreciate it. Uh, this is the third time I've heard this in the last week. Broken legs. Well, <laughs> it, must, it must seem like everybody is on the same page. So... That's just incredible. What are the odds, right? I wrote uh, episode number 301, Break My Legs. 
Oh, Lord, if you have to keep me from walking into a trap that will devour me, break my legs. Break my legs if that's what you have to do. Lord, go to the extremes to keep me from my own ways. Today's show is all about faith. Have you checked your faith gauge lately? Now, we've been doing a lot of examining ourselves through Scripture lately. We've been checking and saying, okay, where is this? Where are we with this? We're always examining ourselves. We're always gauging ourselves. Have you checked your faith gauge lately? You will today. Please do your part and help me share out the gospel, not gossip this morning. And visit JeremyHarrell.com to help us with any operating costs or check out our store. I want to get to the verse after prayer, and then I got a story to tell you, okay? So let's go to the Lord in prayer. We're 15 minutes past the hour. Uh, WB Patriot says, waving a hand from San Diego. I'm usually here during the Rise Up shows, but I'm getting ready for work. Just wanted you to know I'm listening all the way from San Diego. Well, we thank you for listening all the way from San Diego and from sharing with your friends and family and your church friends and family as well. Let's get to the Lord in prayer, shall we? All right. Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, today as we venture into the word to examine our faith, to find out how we're doing, walking by faith and not by sight, Lord, allow us to identify those areas in our life where we're not fully trusting you. When we are fully trusting you, Lord, in life, There is nothing but smiles on our faces, no matter what the devil flings at us. But if there are areas where we're not fully trusting you, the devil will exploit those areas because he knows them too. Lord, we ask for an abundance of faith today, an abundance of trusting in your word, in your message, and in the Holy Spirit today as we navigate through your message. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Break my legs if you have to keep me from the extreme. Go to the extreme to keep me from my own ways. That is what we pray to God for. That is what we ask God to do. So I'm going to open up the, um, the verse of the day today, and I'm going to ask you all to open up your Bibles to Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. That is Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. And while you guys are going to Isaiah, it's close to the end of the Old Testament, and finding chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, I'll start reading the newsletter for those who didn't get it. And if you're not getting a newsletter, just go to JeremyHarrell.com, 
Scroll to the bottom of the page and it says join the Revolution Newsletter. Just sign up right there, okay? Today we'll be talking about faith and, and whether you have checked your faith gauges lately. If you have, where's it at? What percentage is it at? Are you full or do you need a delivery today? Thank you for being here and thank you for watching Rise Up. Verse of the day, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. And your ways are not my ways, says Adonai, God, Yahweh. As high as the sky is above the earth are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts more than your thoughts. Do you know what this is compared to as a human? It would be like trying to teach a three-year-old the lessons of life. And since you can't break down all the lessons of life to a three-year-old, you have to just say, look, I am your father. I am your mother. You don't do that because I said not to do it. I'm not going to go into the intricacies of why you shouldn't do that as a child because I don't have to. Because you wouldn't understand it even if I did. So I am going to just say, trust me, your father. Trust me, your mother. And I will keep you safe. And when you're talking to a three-year-old or a four-year-old or a five-year-old about life, you cannot even come close to telling them the things that they need to know about life. Number one, they won't grasp it. Number two, it's so far out of the realm of their understanding that they wouldn't even listen anyway. So just like your ways, your wisdom, your thoughts, your ways of doing things, are so much above a toddler or a four or five-year-old are gods above yours. You could not even fathom why he does what he does. And if you did, if you could, I guarantee you, you would argue with him if you didn't have faith. If you didn't trust in God. You would say, are you sure? Imagine that. Imagine that. Are you sure? So, much like you expect your child to just listen to you because you have their best interest at heart and there's no way you could explain to them otherwise, any, any part of that is what God wants us to do for him. That's your faith gauge. And here's what I wrote. We've talked a lot before about trusting in GPS, right? You put an address in for a destination and you have so much faith 
that this app or this navigation system isn't going to lead you into danger, even though sometimes it does, doesn't it? How many times has GPS led you to the side of the town where you have to, um, where there's bars on the windows to buy cigarettes or to buy a coffee or whatever it is that you're stopping for? Somebody said collagen helps with muscle aches. Funny you said that. We're going to be talking about that later on uh, this week about colostrum and collagen and stuff like that. Um, But sometimes GPS does do that, doesn't it? Here's the thing. You trust so much in a man-made invention that tells you how to get from point A to point B without any any, um, danger. So why don't we trust God? We've talked a lot before about GPS. Well, I liked my GPS is called God's protective services. We've talked about that before. It's about following his plans. Ladies and gentlemen, that is called faith. God's protective services, that is called faith. Walking by faith and not by sight is a very powerful thing it's a very powerful attribute for you to have Ashley I'm glad that you know somebody who takes colostrum we're going to be talking a lot about that later on this week it is the ultimate showing of trust faith once you fully trust God the Holy Spirit works in ways that you can't even imagine or understand He makes your crooked paths and your very dangerous paths safe, straight, and harmless. He makes wrong right, and he makes bad good. He literally purges worries and risks out of your life. That is faith. Now, yesterday... I told you that I am at peace, and I have joy that I haven't felt in a long time. My faith gauge is at 100%, folks. I don't need a delivery, not right now. So I hope I have enough left over for the people who need it today. This morning, it's driving to work. Now, you guys remember when I, tar- when I start, uh, told you that Tool was my favorite rock band of all time, but when I went to a Tool concert, I noticed it was very demonic and devilish, and I never listened. I have not listened to a song since. My favorite band in the world, I have not listened to a song from them since. I gave that up. I walked away from that because God showed me something that night that, that will live with me forever. Now, the reason I bring that up is because when I parked my truck today at the studio right outside, I wasn't listening to any music on the way here. But a year ago, Jeremy would have been probably listening to that or singing that out of the blue. You know, when you're just blah, 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 and you're driving and you start singing a song. You know what I was singing today? I just caught myself singing as I was getting out of the truck after prayer, looking at the beautiful blue sky, thanking God for all of it. I had this huge smile on my face. And I was singing, our God is bigger, our God is stronger, our God is 
higher than any other. Awesome in power, our God, our God. That's what I was singing. That's what I was singing. And I was thinking to myself, wow, what a difference. Here I am, so happy about getting to work. So happy about the decision I made to have a two-hour show in during a day and not two separate hours. I've been being able to do so much of my more, so much more of my fatherly duties. I've been able to uh, make such a uh, make up such a distance that I wasn't making up for the past two years in the last couple months. So when I got to work today, I'm just naturally, folks, by default, singing a song that I wasn't even listening to this morning. Just because I love God so much and how he works in my life when I am the least of deserving people. Now I'm going to tell you a story. Are you ready for a story? I am. Let's have a drink of our Rise Up Coffee this morning. By the way, you can get your Rise Up Coffee at JeremyHarrell.com. And it's always limited because we never can make enough for how fast it sells. How many of you would like to hear a story? I'll put the rumble chat up real quick. Because I know you guys like story time, but I know we want to see what people are saying this morning. Here we go. I only listen to Christian rock. Most other music hurts my ears and my soul. Woo! Thanson. Coming with the heat this morning. I love it. Slurp, slurp, says, bad moon. Shane, how you doing, my friend? Good to see you this morning. I'm so happy for a two-hour show, Jeremy, and I crave Rise Up. Do we need Rise Up tissues? No, I don't think you will. I don't think you will. We just got a story. We just got, we just got a story. We just got a story. That's what you were saying. I got it. I got you. Love story time. Good. Always love stories. Good. Good, good, good. Well, this is going to be a little different story. This isn't going to be the same type of story that you're always used to hearing me tell. So is everybody ready? Got your popcorn? Got your breakfast? Got your rise up coffee? Here we go. There was a shepherd once. Upon a time. I actually started out like that, Eli. Once upon a time, there was a shepherd. And he had a whole flock of sheep, a whole bunch of sheep. And there was this one little sheep. We'll call him Jeremy. And Jeremy is a proud little sheep. Jeremy is the kind of sheep that is a stubborn sheep. Jeremy is a sheep that has ADHD, anger issues, and always thinks that his way of going is going to be so much better than the way the shepherd is guiding the flock. Oh, this little Jeremy sheep. And the problem with little Jeremy is that little Jeremy, this little sheep, always 
wanders off, away from the other sheep all the time. Always a problem. Always trying to go his opposite way, stubborn, proud, prancing around, doesn't need the guidance of the shepherd. One day, Jeremy just runs off as fast as he can without looking back. And the shepherd screams, Hey, Jeremy, come back. Jeremy doesn't look back. The little sheep just keeps on running. Well, the shepherd goes out, leaves the 99, and goes and grabs that sheep, little Jeremy, the little proud, stubborn sheep that he is. But he loves him so much, he brings him back to the flock and puts him with the other sheep. Then he notices again, the next day, Jeremy runs off again. And the shepherd, hey, come back. I told you not to run. Jeremy just keeps running. And this time he goes up a hill to try to get over the hill, out of the pasture. Sheep catches, or the uh, shepherd goes out and catches him again. Brings him back again. Puts him with the rest of the flock. The next day, the shepherd tries to build a barrier without keeping him locked up like a slave, but tries to build a barrier just to kind of deter Jeremy from running that direction again, like a fence barrier. Well, Jeremy, as stubborn as he is, finds a way around that barrier and once again, bah, bah, runs away, but this time goes up over top of the hill where there's a ledge. And now this sheep is in danger of dying. He is in a very dangerous position. And he cannot get off this ledge. There's only one way this sheep is going to go. And that's down. Certainly would die. Shepherd finds him. And once again, leaves the 99. Leaving the other people at risk. To go find this sheep, Jeremy. This time when he grabs him and brings him back, he breaks his legs. All four of them. Breaks every one of his legs. Now you might be saying, whoa, whoa. That's a little harsh. Don't you think? Don't you... Love this sheep? After all, shepherds love their sheep. He literally spent the last week chasing little Jeremy, saving little Jeremy. And now you're going to bring him home and you're going to break his legs? So now, the shepherd has this four-legged, broken sheep hanging around his neck. 
and he's caring for him. And he's washing him. And he's feeding him. And he's guiding him. Keeping him right in his eyesight so that nothing can happen to him. Because at this point, he's pretty helpless. Broke his legs. And right at the moment that he is starting to feel a little better, he's been bandaged up, he starts walking around again, starts running around with his other sheep friends again, starts becoming part of what he was meant to be again. He learned through this process, little Jeremy the sheep, that wow, I am better off with my shepherd around me than I am to be far from my shepherd. Because when I stay close to my shepherd, I didn't have broken legs. I wasn't in danger of falling off a cliff. I wasn't in danger of of anything else out there that might get me or not finding my way back. When I'm close to the shepherd, I am safe. That is what this sheep learned in this process after having had his legs broke by the same shepherd who guides him and loves him. Now, you might think to yourself, wow, that's a really aggressive, Jeremy. That is, that is a really aggressive way to teach the sheep that's running away a lesson. Why did he have to break his legs? And the answer is this. From the perspective of the sheep, the not being able to be free and run was a problem. The broken legs is absolutely horrible. But... From the perspective of the shepherd, who's much taller and who can stand and see over that hill right up by that ledge, what he sees is a very hungry, very rabid pack of wolves ready to devour little Jeremy as soon as he gets up over that hill and away from that pasture. The sheep never saw that. The sheep just wants to run. Little Jeremy just wants to go out and do his own thing. The shepherd keeps bringing him back because he's, he fears that if he goes too far from him, he won't be able to keep him safe and anything can get him. And as a matter of fact, because the shepherd is so much taller, and he can see over the hill when he approaches it. He can see that the wolves are waiting and ready to rip him apart and devour him. So the moral of this story is that sometimes God needs to break a man to show him that you need to stick 
with Jesus. Because there are wolves out there, folks, that will tear you to pieces without a blink of an eye. And all the while, you are running from your source of protection. Sometimes God needs to break a man to show a man that he's keeping him safe. I hope that that story helps you understand faith a little bit better. I hope the story helps you understand that if you have full faith in God, yeah, you might be broken a time or two to get there. But once you're there, you'll never be broken again. You'll never be, you'll never have your legs snapped to where you're incapacitated and you can't move ever again. Once you can get there, once you can trust by faith and not by sight and let God see over those hills and let God see over those ledges so you don't even have to look, all you have to do is graze. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty. That's all you have to do. Worship, graze, bask in the glory and the light of the God, your shepherd. I've been broken, folks. I've had my all my I've had my arms, my legs, my fingers, my toes, my back. I've I've had it all broken. And I'm speaking spiritually here, not figuratively. I've had it all broken. God needed to break me. To show me how to have faith in him today in 2024. And I pray that that story helped you today. I want to read from understanding the 66 books of the Bible about Isaiah. Have you ever in weakness found renewed strength through the words of a parent or a spouse or a friend? The right words at the right time restore our courage and keep us from despair and loneliness. That's how we feel as we read the words of Judah's great preacher, the prophet Isaiah. His words overflow with pathos and passion, whether he is talking about judgment, healing, or the majesty of God. Throughout the book, there are so many references to the coming Messiah that Isaiah is sometimes called the fifth gospel. Isaiah began ministering in Judah around 740 B.C., He witnessed the final years of the northern kingdom of Israel, and he warned his tiny nation of Judah and its capital, Jerusalem, of similar judgment. In the first part of the book, chapters 1 through 39, Isaiah spoke of judgment and hope, warning that just as God used Assyria to judge Israel, he could use Babylon to judge Judah. The last part of Isaiah, chapters 40 through 66, 
is full of God's encouragement for future exiles. There are some of the most comforting passages in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah's words and predictions give us never-ending strength. If you are low today, listen to what Isaiah says in chapter 40, verses 30 and 31. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord, that's faith, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like the wings of eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not be faint. The book of Isaiah. Now, I have this really cool cartoon that actually explains all 66 books of the Bible in a very short period of time using little cartoon images that are absolutely wonderful if you have children that might want to um, learn a little bit about, learn a little bit more about the Bible or understand the Bible in a little, in a little bit of a, uh, a little bit better. So uh, let's bring this up on the screen here. Probably the best version of it right there. And all of this that you're about to see is leaning on faith, is leaning on trusting God, is the, is the plan that God had from the beginning until the end. And it's really great. I want to put my headphones on here because I want to hear this with you guys. Please share the video, by the way. We have 1,600 people, and our goal is always 1,800, so we're almost there. Um, let's go with it to be the father of his covenant people which he calls Israel. So Exodus is about the salvation of God's people. God's people are slaves in Egypt, but God uses Moses to deliver them into the promised land. And this foreshadows how Jesus saves his people from slavery to sin and brings them into the kingdom of God. Leviticus is about the sanctification or the making more holy of God's people. Leviticus is a big elaborate system of rituals and ceremonies, but the purpose of all this is so God's people can be holy just like he is holy. God wants his people to be set apart as a light to the rest of the world. Now Numbers is about God's people wandering in the desert. You see, right after they were saved, they didn't immediately go into the promised land. Instead, they wandered in the desert for 40 years, and along the way there was a lot of setbacks, challenges, and punishments. But Deuteronomy is a covenant that God makes with his people right before they enter the promised land. God promises blessings if they're faithful to the covenant, and curses if they're not. And Moses gives them this covenant, but unfortunately he dies before he's able to enter the promised land. So in the book of Joshua, God's people are right outside the promised land, but the land is currently inhabited by a lot of evil nations, so they're going to need to fight to take it over. But they have faith in God, so God strengthens them so that they can conquer for God's kingdom. The book of Judges goes over a pattern that goes something like this. God's people prosper and do very well, but then they forget about God, so then they suffer, and then they turn back to God, so they prosper again. And every time they turn back to God, it's because of a judge that God appointed. The book of Ruth is set during this time. It's about Ruth. Now, she is not an Israelite, but she still migrates over to the Promised Land and joins God's covenant. And she is not an ordinary nobody either. She is the great-grandmother of King David, who is the ancestor of Jesus himself. So this shows that God often works through people who others consider to be insignificant. And this sort of applies to David, who the next book is about. 
First Samuel is all about David, who starts out as just a normal shepherd boy, but after he defeats the giant warrior Goliath, everyone sees David as more of a hero than the current king, King Saul, and this gets Saul really jealous. But honestly, can you blame him if people were saying things like this? Yeah, but anyway, First Samuel is all about King David's rise to power, because he's eventually going to become king. Second Samuel is all about David's kingdom. It starts off really well, and it's expanding. But David is told that he's going to have a descendant who's going to be a new and better version of him, whose kingdom is going to cover the entire world. And the reason this is necessary is because David isn't perfect. He eventually sins, and because of that, everything goes downhill for him. And so Second Kings is all about the downward spiral of the kings who came after Solomon. The kingdom split into two, and both kingdoms had many evil kings who turned to false gods. And both kingdoms ended up being destroyed by other nations eventually. But during this time, God raised up Elijah, who called the people to repent and worship God alone. And although nobody listened to him at the time, later everyone saw Elijah as very important. So First Chronicles covers a lot of the same events as First Samuel and Second Samuel, but while those books are more like personal biographies of David, First Chronicles is more like a history textbook about the kingdom as a whole, and it talks about the rise of the kingdom. Second Chronicles is similar, except it talks about the fall of the kingdom, going to the Babylonian exile. It focuses less on the personal sins of the kings, and more about the collective sins of the kingdom. But something to keep in mind is even though everything was falling apart over time, there were a lot of reforms along the way. You see, even when God's temple was literally being used as a place of demon worship, God's people didn't give up on it, and many prophets still tried to reform the temple. The book of Jeremiah prophesies the destruction of all false religion. You see, it doesn't matter how many religious rituals you do. If you don't have true faith, it's all worthless in the end, and God's going to destroy it. And that's exactly what happened to the Israelite religion when God destroyed their temple and sent them to exile in Babylon. And right after this happened, Jeremiah wrote another book called Lamentations. He's really sad that Jerusalem was destroyed, but he understands that the people deserved it. Ezekiel also talks about how the Israelite religion went downhill, and does so in very vivid imagery, but also prophesies hope that the skeleton of Israel's religion will be revived, and God will make a new covenant where the law is written on people's hearts. Basically, Ezekiel prophesies that the New Testament is going to happen. Daniel does something similar, but does it in more kingdom terms. Daniel prophesies that God's going to make an eternal kingdom that's going to outlast all of the earthly kingdoms. God chooses Abraham to be the father of his covenant people, which he calls Israel. So, And there is another part to that video, um, but I am going to share this. I don't have the other part pulled up right now, um, but I'm going to share this in the lower chat section. Everybody's been wanting that uh, link, so I'm going to share it in the lower chat section for all of you right now. So it's in there now for you guys. And I want to say something to Intimidator. Um... um it seems like Intimidator is having a really rough time in life right now and has asked questions here before and gotten a hostile answer. Um, so here's what we're going to do. I want everybody. I know you're about a half a minute behind me and you're going to have some lag, but I want the chat to stop and I'll wait till it does. I want the chat to stop for Intimidator. And while the chat's completely stopped, I want him or her to see how many people will stop and start praying for their joy and their peace and their positivity and for them to hear God's message. Let's do that now.
Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much when there are people that need you, that you guide to come through, rise up to get to you. We are so honored that you would use this show in that way. For every one soul saved, the angels throw a massive celebration in heaven. And Lord, right now, one of our own is having a hard time hearing you. One of our own is having a hard time receiving you. Lord, please, weigh it on their heart to let them know exactly what needs to be done. Sometimes when we don't hear you, it's because we're doing stuff that we should not be doing and we're doing it knowing we shouldn't be doing it. And just the simple act of giving that up will allow a line of communication to be reestablished, Lord. There's no fear in the world that is worse than the fear of not having you. And we pray this today. In Jesus' name, amen. See how slow that chat went? Intimidator? Do you see how many people stopped talking and loved you? Prayed for you? Care about your well-being? Trust me, all of us have felt the way you feel at some point, not in, the, not in the very distant past. But prayers are so powerful, they can move mountains, literal mountains. So I pray that that will help you today. Now, speaking of there is no fear like that of one without God in your life, I have another video to show you. Front Rev says, when I first saw Jeremy, thought he was a blowhard. I am. <laughs> well, I was. <laughs> Say that way. Uh, I was. I am. Um, and sometimes I can still be, but we're getting there. We are getting there, right? Little by little, bit by bit. Got another video I'd like to show you here play it no i feel like i'm developing a new kind of fear mm -hmm. for the lord at first it was like that it was like i'm in complete awe mm -hmm. and now it's like i've experienced my life when the lord's hand is on me mm -hmm. and now i fear losing it because i've experienced being one foot in and one foot out it's like mm -hmm. oh yeah i got god's favor but i feel like doing this yeah and and you know serving my own will and I experienced like, man, God will take his hand up off you. Yeah. And then you realize like it wasn't me at all. I didn't have no power, I didn't have no strength. God was blessing me. Yeah. So I fear satisfying my desires. Yeah. Because I fear losing my life. Yeah. The way, the truth, and the life. You pluck me off the vine, man. You can take a banana off the tree and set it on the counter and it'll take and take long yeah. for it to rot. That's right. Leave it on the vine. Stay luscious. <laughs> <laughs> a touch of God's favor goes further than a lifetime of labor, man. You know, I feel like I'm developing. Leave me on the vine. Don't pluck me off the vine. My fear of giving in to my desires and having one foot in salvation and one foot in damnation is the worst fear of my life. I could never go back. You can't live both ways. It's like the story of the two ladders. 
He writes you something. Let me show you something here. You see that? Two triangles. Boom, boom. Those are two ladders. You can go up both ladders in the middle with one leg on this side and one leg on this side. Sooner or later, you're not going to be able to reach. And you're going to have to choose which one you're going to want to go up. I can tell you that right now. You cannot have one foot in salvation and one foot in damnation. It does not work. And maybe, Illuminator, maybe that is why your connection has been severed. But you're going to have to look at yourself in a mirror. And you're going to have to examine yourself to find out where you're at. Give yourself a grade. Give yourself a grade as a Christian. Is your heart deserve an F or does your heart deserve an A or a B or a C or a D? You have to evaluate yourself. You've got to do that. Nobody else can do that for you. I can't do that for you. A pastor, a priest, a reverend, nobody can do that for you. You have to do that. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and go through the Ten Commandments and literally give yourself a grade. And that's where you, that's how you know where you're at. And be honest. And once you find out where you're at, then you know what you need to do. You can plan a course of action. And that course of action will be God's will. And once you get there, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Gravy train, baby. Because even when, not if, when, not if, problems come your way, and they will every day, you'll be able to go like, if you're feeling like a Christian, go on and brush your shoulders off. If you're feeling like a Christian, go on and brush your shoulders off. Somebody ought to remake that Jay-Z song. If you're feeling like Christ, go on and brush your shoulders off. Because you don't need to have that weight on your shoulders. Brush it off, baby. It's that simple. It is really that simple. It's that hard, but it's that simple. I want to read something for you before we go today. In my early years of high school, and this isn't me, this, I'm reading this for you guys. I found this online, and I want you to hear this. In my early years of high school, I put a lot of pressure on myself to obtain good grades in order to ultimately achieve a good scholarship for my college, and honestly, also for my self-esteem. I felt like I needed to be one of the top students in the class to prove not only to me, but to others that I had the strength and the drive to do so. In the past... Getting bad grades would crush me, give me such stress that this one grade would alter the future of my life and that I'd be seen as I feel like a failure. However, when I began to trust God's plan for me and put my future in the hands of our creator, I finally realized that getting a few bad grades or even a lot would not stop me from getting where God planned for me to go. It's just part of my journey to get there. While grades still do matter to me, I've been able to alleviate stress and use the time I spent worrying and overstudying for better things, such as this blog. It feels truly freeing when you're able to trust God completely. It really does. I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason and that everything you endure is part of God's plan for you. I know it can be nerve-wracking not knowing why things are happening to you. 
where you're headed, or what your future holds. But my greatest piece of advice is to completely trust that God will guide you and that God will take care of you. God will guide you and God will take care of you. Throw on some nice little music here. There we go. I like to have a little bit of music. As Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope today's show helped you. I hope today's show helps all of you. And I hope faith is something that you can put at the forefront of your life. So because you need to go somewhere, and if you can't see with your own eyesight, and you're trusting on God's, trust me, you're going to go a nice straight path. And the problems that come aren't going to hurt you. He's perfect in all of his ways. We are not. So trust in the perfect one, not the imperfect. I love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for being here on Rise Up. Mike Crispy and Unafraid comes up next, followed by two hours of Live from America. Make sure you rumble the video on your way out. Keep God first place, folks. Continue to show the nine fruits of the Spirit and walk by faith. See you later. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am.